Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Uh, hey, Mimi. Oh, hey, Gigi. When you're driving around, just seeing the town, sitting bored at home, feeling all alone. Fill up the glass, pick out a glass. We got the tea, we got the sauce. Get queerified. Okay. Yeah. Let's get queerified. Hi, this is Gigi. And I am Mimi. And you are listening to Queerified. On Queerified, you'll hear from special guests in the LGBTQIA community. And some fierce allies, too. I am so excited for today's episode because we have one of my favorite people from TV here with us. She brought Asian culture to national television on RuPaul's Drag Race as a loud and proud trans woman. She is performer, musical artist, activist, and actress. She doesn't jump guns. She is the boom boom gun, Gia Gun. Before we start the show, please don't forget to call in to Queerified's hotline at 1-844-QUERIES. That's Q-U-E-E-R-Y-S. Call and ask us anything. We love answering your questions, so please call. Never shy to say exactly what's on her mind. Here is Gia Gun. Okay, and we are back with Miss Gia Gunn. What is up, girl? Hey, doll. The doll Hi, of Gia. all dolls. <laughs> Hi, Mark. What's going on? The dolls have arrived. Yes, we have. How are you, sis? I'm pretty good. Thank you so much. Just living and learning and so happy and honored to be here with Gigi and you. Oh, that's so awesome. We're so happy you're here. How have you been through this entire pandemic? How is life? You know, I feel like this pandemic for me really taught me a lot of things about myself and just kind of like how to navigate through life better, what I like, what I don't like. And it's also just really given me time to just be with myself, which has allowed me to really just, I feel like, be a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super unfortunate that Obviously, we've lost so many people, mm-hmm. but I feel like for those of us who are able to really use this as a time for ourselves, it's, you know, been a good thing. Yeah. So whenever I get somebody in my podcast room that is trans as well, mm-hmm. I selfishly just get so excited because we share so much of the same yes. DNA and yes. life experiences, but everyone's journey is different. So I wanted just to start off. The first thing I wanted to ask you is, what exactly is your gender identity? And also, I've had trans girls on in the past, and I really want to get your two cents on this. Sure. So being trans and being non-binary mm-hmm. are kind of things that are being brought to the forefront more than ever. How do you feel about trans women or trans men who kind of identify still with being a little bit non-binary? For me, personally, I feel like I just don't really have a lot of education and experience. So I really... I mean, 
I just have my opinions. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, everybody knows Gia's very blunt and straightforward. Personally, I don't fully understand what okay. being non-binary or gender non-conforming is like. Just because for me, it was like, okay, I'm a gay guy and now I want to be a woman. And that's just what I know for me and myself. Uh-huh. All the trans women that I ever idolized or had experience with were also of the same experience. Mm-hmm. So this whole non-binary thing is, I feel like, for me personally, new. Right. It's certainly been around because we've had two spirits and all that stuff for centuries in time. I feel like it's a nice way for people to, I guess, be on their journey of still figuring things out. Okay. Um, I'm not saying that it's just about being man or woman. I definitely know that there is an in-between. I kind of consider even myself to be not man, not woman, just because I'm very aware of my body parts and what I've been through, mm-hmm. um, but definitely not non-binary. Right. So let me give you an example. So this is what I always think of. So whenever somebody's like, I'm non-binary, I was confused in the past too. So when my husband transitioned, yes. who was previously like lesbian Jesus, you know, yeah. like the go-to lesbian, right? When we dated, when we got married, that was my wife, you know, full on. Right. So when he said, I'm transgender, I was like, okay, so now, you know, I have a husband and that's it. Because when I transitioned, it was the same thing. Mm -hmm. I'm a girl. There's no non-binary to me. Right. But then we started getting more educated ourselves as a couple. And when he said non-binary, it meant that he still had, he's not bound to either gender. Correct. So for us, from what you're saying is that we're just transgender women. But for him, Mm -hmm. it's like he still kind of sways. His pronouns are still he, him. Of course. But he is still expressing that side of him. In what ways? He just, it's what's in your soul. Okay. You just aren't fully male. You're not fully female. And Mark, you can speak to this as well because you identify as non-binary. I do. And more specifically, a gender. Um, if we're gonna like God, really so explain what I know, it is confusing. <laughs> you just need a point of reference, no, and I know people sure. that are listening that are non non-binary. They're listening and they're like, "Oh my God, I wish I could shake these girls." <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing, right? Like, not everybody needs to know everything. Like, obviously, you guys don't understand it because you're not non-binary, and that's okay, right? And you guys are open to learning. Mm-hmm. No, I understand it. I just. It's newer for me. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, and that's fine. I know it exists, though. And I'm so happy for those that are able to even say that. Yeah, I think it's something that is even less known of than being transgender. And I think I just really applaud and and really give kudos to anyone who can just be honest about their identity. Right, right. And this is this is our safe space, right? So I think that something that is not in our safe space is like the my pronouns are she, her, he, him, they, them. Like that is being signed off in work emails. That's how people start yes. talking to people. You know, so Instagram it's like, now. Right. It's insane. So it's like <laughs> people are learning and people within the community are still a little bit confused. And we are testaments to that. So let's tell them what it is. Let's tell them what it is. Non-binary is an umbrella term that encompasses a lot of things. And it basically means that you're not really either, you don't feel like a man or a woman, which is me. But more specifically, for me, like, I really don't identify with either a man or a woman. Sure. I just 
feel like myself. But there are also other non-binary people out there who sometimes they feel like a man and then sometimes they feel like a woman. And in between those different identities, there are even more non-binary terms and identities. But I don't know, like I have really truly never cared about my gender, even growing up. Like, I don't know, I just had my hair long, like wore the clothes I wanted to wear. I never gave myself rules that were based on gender. So I think a lot of people can identify with that, like once they know that definition. I just feel like nowadays people want to be referred to as themselves. Like, I'm even getting to the point where I'm like, I mean, of course I'm a woman, but Mm -hmm. like, I just want to be known as Gia, like get to know Gia. It's not about she or him. It's just like, it's me. And I think once we remove all the labels, like there's just people. And I think we really need to focus on that aspect and getting to know people for who they are as people. But these things still do exist because I was just invited to some gala that actually I think is tomorrow and they and it was like a, it's <laughs> a community that. event uh-huh. and they were like well Gia what's your pronouns and I'm like I literally wrote back in the email I was like why am I being asked this I'm just confused and they were like oh we promise you because I'm a public figure and bitch if you don't know right. that I'm a woman I'm fucking confused right yeah. right singling <laughs> Oh, and so you took so offense to it. A little bit. And uh-huh. those are maybe my own insecurities. Right, and I right. think as trans women, yes. we can relate that we always think people are trying to clock us, speak yes. us, yeah. and come for us. Yes. And it's not, I guess, because my thing is, how do you not look at either of us and know that we're women? Right. Right. I mean, I just want to know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but I think that's also. I mean, I know I may sound like a man, but that's none of your business. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's I not about what's down there. You. That's fine. <laughs> I feel like you are also a testament. And I've spoken on about this on uh, previous episodes that no matter how long you are out of the closet, living authentically, all of that stuff, you still get triggered by things like that. Because if it is a community event, somebody was asking me that I would think she knows But just in case, you know, in case I'm hiding anything, something, I don't want to show up to the event and be misgendered and be offended. Like, what if I was like, they, them? And they were like, hey, Gigi, what's up, girl? I'd be like, "Uh uh-uh. Absolutely. You know? As much as we also, like, think that identity is how we identify ourselves, it's also how we want the world to identify as. Um, Like, you want the world to see you as women because that's who you are. And taking it back to non-binary, it's like, I don't care. Like I've always, even growing up, people would confuse me as a woman, as many young Asian boys probably with long hair get. And I would be like, they'd be like, oh my God, ma'am. And and then they would apologize. And I'd be like, I don't, I don't like, why are you apologizing? I don't care. Or if you're a male. So I think it is really important that people identify you as what you want to be identified as. When I walk in the room, I want people to know I'm a woman. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Point blank period. Period. Poo. When did you know you were trans? Well, now we're getting into the nitty gritty. Uh-huh. I want to know. You know what? Knowing no. you for so long, I don't know this story. And I want to know how like your family reacted. That's always what I want to know. Well, when I was 25 is when I actually transitioned. My mother always asked me to wait until 25. Okay. Because to her, in her opinion, 25 is when your brain is fully developed. Uh, yeah, I've never said, heard that yes, one. Yes. She said, Gia, please wait till you're 25 to make this fully conscious decision. I didn't wait just for her. I feel like it just kind of naturally happened. Mm-hmm. But okay, to answer your question, yeah, my yeah, yeah. family reacted well. 
they have always supported me. I mean, I was dressing up, I guess, as a girl since I was like five. I did kabuki theater, Japanese classical dance oh, from I've a very young of you age. Doing that. So that's actually where traditionally men do play both men and women's roles. And I think it was harder for my dad at that time to accept. But then obviously they just couldn't stop like the homosexuality of it all in high school. And then I like, you know, got on drag race and then I was a drag queen. I really think that really shook things up for me and really kind of like got me going towards the whole trans thing. And then I finally decided to transition. But my family has been super supportive. And I'm so, so, so grateful because that's like a really big part. Okay, wait, this might be a stupid question. So the art when you were doing younger is called Kabuki. Kabuki. Yeah. Okay, so like the Kabuki brush. It's Very technically easy. called Nihonbuyo, but Kabuki is like the umbrella that most people know. The Japanese art. Yes. Right. So when Japanese your parents theater, yeah. saw you on TV, did they just think you were doing kabuki for Americans? No, they, well, because I'm fourth generation. So my family is actually very American. Got it. Yeah. So they knew that I was a drag queen. They knew exactly what it was. And, you know, I think coming from an Asian home or just my home, I feel like I don't come from a very conservative family by any means, but it was not like, oh my God, like, this is so awesome. Like, we're coming to the premiere. Like, you're killing it, sis. Like, it just wasn't, I feel like, mm-hmm. as involved as maybe it is for other families. Maybe that's also what I created for myself at the time. But um, yeah, they were very supportive and still very much so are. I'm sure they're even more supportive now. Oh, 100% just because everything makes sense. You're right. And the doll is not like, you know, depressed and suicidal and all of these things that I was when I wasn't living my life as trans. Right. So you also told me, speaking of the dolls, so you told me one time, or I heard you say, Mm -hmm. the dolls. Yes. So please (laughs) explain for anybody listening, our listener that's you're in their ear right now, what is the doll. What do you mean by that? Because you kind of coined that term, I feel. I just think a doll is someone who's confident, glamorous, and just like that bitch, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. the doll is the doll, and I'm sorry. And either you (laughs) are one or you're not. And Uh at this point, girl, I just feel like the dolls are the dolls. Wait, so what what, (laughs) what what does that mean? It just means like, babe, either you have it or you don't. Just like I tell kids like that are trying to do drag. I'm like, sweetie, this is not something that's learned. It's just like you either you are or you're not. So is it a confidence thing? I just think it's a doll thing. It's a doll thing. <laughs> you just have to have doll no, DNA. No, I just think, yeah, it's like, I don't really know. To be honest, it's it just, just something rolls that's off. developed. Your way of speaking kills me. <laughs> as as did, many, you know, did you know the many. doll of the dolls? Like, Did you know all about this? I know what dolls are, of course. But I'm just trying to see like where this quote came from. Because I'm trying to understand what you meant when you said that. Well, it's been around forever. Like, I grew up like, hey, doll. Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, I even oh my have, God, the like, Kardashians cis people hey, that, doll. yeah, doll. Yeah, right. Like, you know what I mean? And then I just feel like. I don't know. I really just took it and ran with it. And then, like, I think Trixie and Katya, like, have, you know, talked about it on their pod. I think that's where I heard it. Trixie and Katya. That's the most recent. The dolls are the dolls. At At this this point, point, the the dolls dolls are are the dolls. dolls. Oh, my God. I fucking died. And, girl, half of the shit I say, I really don't ever think about. I just say it. You just say it. Right. That's probably why a lot of people hate me. And that's fine, too. 
Right. <laughs> Who are your favorite dolls? My favorite dolls? Well, Gigi, of course. Oh, my God. Well, this is a funny story because for me, you are like one of the original dolls. Like growing up, so I don't know if I've ever told you this before. But it sounds like now you were a huge part of even me transitioning. Like growing up, I grew up around all like sex workers and women who were like, in my eyes, not living the most positive lifestyles and safe. And I think that's what kept me from transitioning for so long because I'm like. I have to literally like sex work in order to like support my transition and I have to get silicone in order to be a doll and like all these things. But then I found you on YouTube and I saw you making these videos and obviously discovering your journey that was Mm -hmm. not of those things that I was seeing back in Chicago. And I was like, oh, there's there is other ways to be a doll and like not have to do that. So you are a big part of that for me. I've always, honestly, I'm not just saying this. I've always adored you and idolized you and for everything that you stand and your documentary and all that was just so powerful. But thank you so much for saying that. I just had to get that out. I didn't know that because, well, there's so many, I not so many, unfortunately, actually there's, you know, a handful of us, I feel, that are public figures. Totally. Openly trans, mm-hmm. making moves and differences and sharing our stories. And to me, like, you were one of the original that was doing that. And people need to know that. And, like, you know. But anyway, I'm sure they do. Yeah, it's hard. A lot of, a lot of you know, our trans sisters have to do sex work just to even live, yes. you know, just to even make money. Absolutely. It's really tough being trans out it there when you tough. can't get a job, a mainstream job, even, I don't know, serving food at McDonald's, right? Like Absolutely. some trans people can't even get that job. There are some places in the US like that. Um, what was your experience like around those you know, sisters? It's just what I knew. You know what I mean? I just, I was like the little gay boy who drove them around and really observed the like lifestyle. from client to client maybe at one point maybe i didn't know that they were doing <sighs> clients but like that was my role you know and right. like i just was always around them but i was like the fishy gay boy so they never made me feel like a boy but i knew i was clocked you so know like, what i mean so would you like get a cut of this to drive no around? no 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 it was, it was not fun. like that no these were my friends got it yeah it just you I know i want to and... drive them around <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something um, from like veneno or something i want to get into very it. veneno okay like because i grew up mostly around latino and blacks growing up in chicago it's very urban so i didn't have many white friends i went to an all-white high school but very different than my life once i turned 18 and got out there it's just what I knew. It was the norm. It was the rag, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I just knew for me that that's not what my experience was going to consist of. Mm-hmm. Not denying or confirming that I have not done sex work in the past. <laughs> but um, I I, no, honestly, I feel like everybody does sex work in some way or some form. I mean, you being in a bikini, showing your tits online on Instagram is also a form of sex work because people are portraying you in a sexy way. So I'm not against it, it, period. Right. Um, There's peaks and valleys. It was tough, though, because obviously just having to witness people putting themselves in these manners, you know, sometimes things would not go as planned and 
maybe a sister got attacked or didn't get paid or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just really, I think, looking back at the time, it wasn't hard, but it was just normal. Did they have, did these girls have anybody looking after them? Like, you know, getting that money when the money wasn't given? No. I mean, as a doll on the hustle, I feel like actually all trans women, I think, can relate. Like, we are warriors of our own. Like, we don't all have, like, people to follow us and, like, protect us, bodyguards. I mean, if you're an elite doll, maybe. But most are not that blessed and that privileged, so... Yeah, I mean, even from an early age, I feel like we kind of see, you know, we're going to be different. So we got to have our own back. We have to have a quick tongue and we have to be able to like survey our surroundings. That's my main thing, really just taking in the scene and not so much having an out plan, but like having an having a way to like manipulate your words to keep you safe. Absolutely. I mean, that's all that we have. Do you guys, do you dolls think that? Guys. <laughs> Not on this podcast. Guys. <laughs> Who the fuck she called? Oh no, I'm just kidding, Mark. I'm just kidding. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you think the trans community is supportive of each other? I love this question. I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to say a blunt no. Right? I thought um, you'd say that. I think there's not enough love for... I'm speaking as a community. There's not enough love for ourselves to go around. There's not enough finances to also be distributed evenly for people to want to support each other. And there's just not enough opportunity to come together and just be like normal and just like talk and be regular, I guess. Like I've always had this dream of like starting this like book club or something that was like no makeup allowed. And it was just like no makeup and sweats, all trans women. And we just like eat and talk and like that's what needs to be happening Mm -hmm. within the community. I just also honestly feel like I think we too, I can speak for myself, guilty of putting an example of what trans excellence is out there that is not super obtainable for most of the trans community. I think there is an issue with that because there is no one white way to be trans. But for some girls and most girls, because there's no school for transitioning, there's not a lot of education out there. It's like, So I want to be like Gigi or I want to be like Gia or Nikita or Laverne or, you know, whoever it may be. And it's not about that. And I just hate that. It's like, well, if you're not this, then you're not like. Yeah, absolutely. You know, of the full experience. That's not You're not the doll. Exactly. I feel you. I feel this so much because I think it takes a level of maturity to not be so intensely competitive with someone else. And I think that especially specifically around the transgender community, especially the dolls, it's like we know how much work goes into it. And I think that people are like, she's not going to shit 
on my turf because I know how much work I've put in. But it takes a level of maturity, respect, and just growth, you know? Absolutely. To be like, I clap for you because I see what you've done and I'm not threatened anymore. You know, like when you first maybe like the like all the feelings are heightened and you're like, oh my God, I gotta do this. I gotta tear her down because you know, there can only be one of us or like there's yes. only like you already have your lane. Yes. I am this, you know, I am like I, I look like this. I'm doing this. It's like you just get over it sooner or later. But I think there there is so much competitiveness. Yeah. And it's sad because women clapping for women or vice versa, whatever, yes. in the same field is the strongest way to grow. Absolutely. And it only tears the community down. Yes. Uh, but wouldn't you agree that it has to do with one's own level of also success and comfort. I know for myself, I'm 31 years old now, and I feel like, honestly, not until the pandemic did my heart open more and did my willingness to want to clap for other women, cis or trans or non-binary or however you identify, came about. And that's just because I developed more self-love for myself. I saw how much women are put against each other, how much power that we give men and that that's not right. And that, I just got chills when you said that. You see? Yes. We give way too much power as women to men. And really, honey, I'm here to say pussy has power. You are making all <laughs> my hair grow back. Look! Honey, it's the BPE. It's the big pussy energy. It really and is. And I tell this to my dolls. Babe, we have the power. Fuck men. Well, I'm married to one. Well, so. no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just no. kidding. Well, girl, and I love dick and I love men till the day that I die. Right. I mean, I couldn't have any, but I'm not going to let a man depict my happiness. I will never have a man pull the sheets out from under me. I will never have a man turn the lights off on me because that's just my experience. So what I'm saying is, and I'm sure you can relate that once you are able to build this level of maturity and comfortability for yourself, which unfortunately I think is just not accessible for a lot of trans women. Totally. It doesn't happen. It's not. How can you give someone else love when you don't have that much love for yourself? Mm-hmm. I hate to say this, but it's just age because I know exactly it what is. you mean. Like you just hit that age when you realize that this is really what it is. How do you think trans people should support each other? That's a really good question. I feel like trans people, I mean, social media is a big way. Mm -hmm. So I will sometimes just scroll and purposely try to go and find other trans girls who aren't blue checkmarked and don't have a slew of followers and like their photos or comment and say, you look beautiful. I always respond to all of my DMs only to the trans girls <laughs> I die um, well, I love that I just do that's I'm, like that's savage in the best way I'm just very pro trans women I think we need it the most I'm just gonna say that all experiences are valid but I'm here for the trans women I'm here for the black trans women I'm here for the Latinas the Asians the whites the howevers because I feel like we need it the most we need the most um, education representing us out there we need the most financial help we also just need the most I feel like love and respect from other people I'm not saying that trans men don't have that but personally I don't believe that trans men go through the same things that trans women do I agree it is all different but they're comparable right 
Like We're, I think there's there's competitiveness with trans men just the yes. same way people are shunned out. People are, you know, you don't look a certain way. You don't fit a box. I am this. You know, I'm going to take on and be competitive against you. Mm-hmm. I just want to also say it's a level of maturity and age, like you said, but it's also ego. Yep. Like if you yes. can't let your ego sit at the side and be like, you know what? It actually doesn't matter anymore. Like I think collaborating and supporting, reaching out, like you said, responding. Yes. It's like it's the little things. And it's like when you're in a new town because we travel so much, it's like meet up with people who aren't not necessarily not dolls, but like, you know, that you've never met before. It's Absolutely. like little things like that. And it's Absolutely. so easy to do. It's like it takes more energy to be competitive and mad at someone it than does. it does to just let them in and have a nice conversation, bitch. But, you know, it's so like, yeah, I don't want to be like young people. It's not cool to support people. Like, it's just like, it's just not cool to do that. Like, that's just what young people think. It's really funny. Within the community, you think you hear all the time, you know, like trans women supporting women or like, you know, I love I love her makeup. I love, you know, what she's doing, whatever. But then behind the scenes, it's the exact opposite. Like they want to say that they're supportive, but they're not. Yeah. And it's actions speak louder than words. So it's like in front of the scene, like show your support. Exactly. It's not there. What about trans women that are out there doing it for themselves and only for themselves and using being trans to their advantage to like brand themselves and to like make products around trans this and trans that. But then like, I'm just speaking of experience. Totally. Like I, you know, was friends with this doll and then like, she became super popular and famous and successful um, in my eyes for being transgender, which is completely fabulous and great. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I just was not a like friend anymore. I wasn't considered. I was unfollowed. I was a nobody all of a sudden. And I hadn't done anything to this individual. And then they said something during BLM, which was super alarming. And I called them out online, which maybe wasn't being supportive as a sister, right? Because is that or isn't that? You know, at the time, I just really wanted to bring visibility. I don't think people should be able to say racist things and just be able to get away with it. But also, I understand that people make mistakes i've Mm -hmm. made many in the past due to my ignorance probably also being young having a little bit of fame and just flabbing at the jaw but my point is i then have tried to like re-apologize to this person and you know say you know i've learned so much and grown as a woman i'd love to be able to reconnect and they're just not open to that And to me, it's hurtful. And to me, it's like really my intentions always were to support you and your brand. But to not be able to get that back, I think, is hurtful. And so I think one way that we can really come together more as a community is honestly try to forgive each other and remember that our own traumas and that our own experiences are our own and have nothing to do with my other sisters or brothers or people in general. Right. So I feel like to go back to what you first said with the branding yourself for being transgender, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've done that because I open up, you know, I I literally transitioned online. Right. I think it's all about standing for something else, Mm -hmm. not just being trans. trans. And speaking about your friend that you had a falling out with, I think, you know, 
only you two know what happened mm-hmm. and it just depends trans or not what happened between you guys you know yes. some people are the kind of friends that once you fuck them over or you say something That's mean, it. they don't like it's over it's over i am not that friend i am the most those are forgiving. not friends those are not I, right. friends. it's just different kinds of people people are savage yes. you know like it's but it doesn't take away from like you being who you are you know like Absolutely. i've had that happen to me and i've i've had that happen where i've said something and i'm like oh my god i totally regret that and they've totally cut me out mm-hmm. and it's it's sad but it's like all you can do is ask for forgiveness but i feel like that is it sad though like, don't you sometimes are thankful that people walk out of your lives? So like, oh, oh so you were never in my life anyways. Bye. A little, Because yeah. I've now learned that that yeah. person is. Yeah, I've now learned, OK, some dolls. I don't even want to be their friend. It's not all it's cracked up to be. And just because you're beautiful, successful and transgender doesn't mean that I meant to be your friend, mama. Right. And that's OK. It's like you meet celebrities and you've seen them online in the movies. You're like, oh, yes. my God, they're fucking everything. And then when you meet them, it's like, oh, my God, you're terrible. So did you yeah. see the TikTok that went viral on my behalf when I met Jennifer Lopez? I did. Did you see that? I died. Can we Maybe talk you about haven't that? seen this? Nope. Explain, please. So I was in quarantine because the good old Rona, she got the doll. I'm fine, though. She I, did. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. She got the doll. So then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get to a million followers on TikTok okay. by the time this fucking quarantine's over. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I just I start flipping through the phone and I said, what can I pump out there? So I met J-Lo. So when it happened to me, because it was actually two years ago, I was mortified, embarrassed. And I was like, I'm never going to tell anybody about this. Okay. Because who doesn't want to be liked by J-Lo or like have a good positive experience. And you love her. I live for her. You still do? Yeah, I do. I mean, she's J-Lo. I mean, I think she's a little old and bitter, but that's okay. That's probably none of my business. Still gorgeous, talented. Still gorgeous, talented, (laughs) 50 or 40 and looking bomb. Killing it. Probably more successful than I'll ever be my whole life. And that's fine. Doesn't excuse people to be nasty. So it it was an event. They were promoting the Hustlers event. Everybody was told to show up in yoga clothes. I came in a full rhinestone. What does that like, have to do with hustlers? Yoga clothes. I'm not sure. There was, was there a workout Workout. Scene? There was like workout things to do. Oh, it was like a fitness I just event. don't think they wanted anyone else to look to more look fabulous. <laughs> oh my God, that's so shady. That's yeah. a good so little come in theory. your yoga clothes, babe. I said, fuck yoga clothes, girl. I came in my fucking 10-inch pleaser heels that J-Lo had on in the first scene in the movie. God. full rhinestone like 40 inch ponytail bitch I walk up and you know me I'm like hey like and her and Cardi were talking to each other and I guess maybe just didn't see it for the doll or maybe they were talking maybe I didn't get on all fours and say oh my god Jennifer Lopez I'm waiting for you tonight <laughs> like maybe I didn't do that right maybe I'm not good at You're meeting like, so I was invited here too well babe this is your meet and greet when I do meet and greets I'm like hi like I'm at a job, right? My job is to greet you and to be pleasant to you and like give you that five seconds of sickeningness. Right. And she yep. did not. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, hey. And so I'm like, okay, well, obviously she's not into the doll. So I like bust down and like drop down and like start flinging my hair and the your doll. Pick. Get the pick. Get doll. your pick, of course. She looks at me up and down and she's like, Oh, I guess I'll take a picture and then like gets in for the photo. She said that those were her no, words. No, but you, if you guys yes. go and follow my TikTok at Gia underscore gun three, you will see <laughs> people. If you go, I and think follow. you said something like, "Oh, uh, Jayla wasn't living for the, for the doll." doll. 
<laughs> I was like, she did not see it for the doll. But anyway, yes. It when looked you- like a gag. Like, I think the video captures your, like, gagatry in the moment. And it is... I feel bad, but you kind of handled it. You went down, posed. Well, I'm just like, okay, babe, like if you're not going to go ahead and give me the full experience. But what I learned from that is wear yoga clothes and know your role. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like everybody was like, you were acting like she was there to meet you. No, don't bring yourself down. You know what? I was just trying to be fabulous. I hate when people are like, not hate, but it's, it just irks me when when it's like I had a really bad celebrity experience the other person is like well you never know what people are going through it's like that's true but not no, when they're it, at work yeah. not when they're doing their their gig Maybe I don't exactly. know how many influencers there I've never had exactly. a, I don't think I've ever had a shady mean moment towards somebody and I've been go I've gone through shit when I've been working it's like you yeah. just gotta be nice, nice. like be nice so anyway, I guess maybe we just don't need to meet all of our idols. No, right? never, never. Let some stay idols <laughs> behind the screen. I actually feel like me and you, it took a while for us even to really meet in person, get comfortable. And like, honestly, once I got to like know you more for you, I'm like, oh my God, it was like really refreshing. You know what I mean? But it does take time to build relationships. And I think, you know, the dolls, especially in Hollywood, like, you know, the culture is to be more like when you go, I call it like the war zone. Anything outside of your home is the war zone. The war it's zone. like you put it Especially on. when you live in the middle of the city like the you. Mecca. Uh-huh, the uh-huh, Mecca. Uh-huh. You can see anyone walking your dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, ooh, am I so, like, you know, you're very like one track mind. So I get it. But I know I'm just trying to be more personable, say hi to people, be nice and just like put out good vibes. I, mm-hmm. I really do believe in karma. What was your um, first impression of Gigi before you got close to her? Yeah, and do you remember where we were? Because I don't remember anything rather than like <sighs> was it the, the Getty past two Carnival? Years? Oh my god, yes. Maybe that was. I mean, it wasn't certainly the first time I ever saw you in person, but I think it was like maybe, maybe that's like as far as I can remember. Okay, you I were remember like in you a were red bathing suit. You looked yes. like Pamela Anderson. <laughs> You were giving what was needed to be given, Miss <laughs> Thing. With my little braids. Yeah. She was working. Hey, she was working. Like, oh, no. I was partying, mother. Oh, yes. <laughs> that yeah. was a, that was a carnival was on by one. my brother-in-law. I was not working. But I really feel like we really just connected, like, maybe, like, that time at, like, Katia's birthday party is really when I feel like we were able to get into the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. That was recent. Do you remember meeting me then? Imagine. <laughs> yeah, I don't really remember our hotel no. room after. I remember nothing of the well, sort. That, yeah. So my first impressions were like, obviously she's gorgeous. Like her hair and makeup is like just like Instagram and <laughs> that she was just like pleasant and that your energy, high vibrancy. I love that. I love that. I kind of feel the same with you. Like, I just feel like one of the dolls, you just always look amazing. I probably met you with your snatched pony because you probably always went out with that. Maybe. Yeah. But I feel like you really were into the drag race and all of that. Like when me and Laganja were on. I wasn't. I feel like I've seen you get more involved, like definitely before Cade. But like, yeah, that's actually really funny because I hadn't. I wonder, Mark, do you remember like some of my first drag friends? I feel like you're Adore. It was Adore. Adore. Well, that's the season I was on. Season six. Yeah, but I never saw you. I don't think you were a fan of Drag Race, but you were friends with Adore. I wasn't. A, I also wasn't going on. I was with friends with drag queens, but yes. I wasn't a fan of Drag Race yet. 
It's very true. It was season eight for me because I had watched the beginning, but like we were not watching the middle seasons. So you were one of the first trans queens yes. that was cast on Drag Race after RuPaul changed his mind on trans contestants. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, tell our listeners a little bit about when what went down and how you felt it made a difference. Good question. I was brought back, obviously, as trans. I mm-hmm. told them when they called me, I was like, just so you know, I'm she, her pronouns. I don't want to be reminded of that old person. I don't want images shown of me on Wait, All did Stars. They? they did. They must have. They yeah. did. And so it was a very bitter experience for me. Okay. And it was... And we're talking about when you f- came back. Came back. Yeah. The first I was fine because I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about Hollywood. I knew nothing about what I was really getting into. I didn't really know much about RuPaul. I was just like, this is it. So it was fine. I mean, I went through the things. But then the next time it's like, you know what to expect. You know, you know, guns are blazing and you just know what you're getting into. And I made it very clear that like this is, you know, what I wanted. And I think my mistake was putting too much emphasis on the trans woman other than, okay, yes. Like right was now. Was that we on see- you or were you asked to do that? No, I wasn't asked to do that. I just felt the duty. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I'm going to be the first one to walk in here in women's clothes and be in, you know, confessionals as a woman, this is a big deal. This is going to set so many people free. This is also kind of like a big fuck you to RuPaul as well, which I was happy to give because oh I'm like, yeah, bitch, support trans women. Right. Let some fucking bitch with titties and body get on this show because that's actually my first visions of drag. They were Wait, not so, drag queens. So were you the one of, or the first? Well, that's because you be were debatable. my first, I think. That like, was to be debatable. A lot of people would like to say Peppermint, Jiggly, Carmen, but unfortunately... In my eyes and mm-hmm. in my opinion, they were just not female presenting on the show. Also, I just think because the rules didn't allow that. So back then, trans women were like, well, how can I not transition yet? Literally, these are things people would tell yes, me. Yes. Like, I'm not going to get my tits until I get on RuPaul. For- I'm not going to take yes. hormones like so I can get on. That is awful language it's insane but at the end of the day it's their choice understandable but i know people from the show who waited yes yes and so i you know obviously was you know so yes i take great pride i know in my hearts of hearts that i was but i'm also not one of those queens that's like i need a trophy i I was the first i need to be the trailblazer i'm sure you can relate to a lot of this i am never one to say that i am yes no but i'm sure you can relate right hands down because bitch truth is truth real knows real and the proof is in the pudding so i feel like i went on I did what I did. I think I was really in my head. And also, I'm just not really that great of a drag queen, babe. Like, what? I think you are. I'm a showgirl, but I'm not that great of, like, a I drag disagree. Queen. I think like, you're amazing. I. What is the difference between a drag queen and a trans woman? For the listeners who don't know, obviously, we know. I mean, I think for drag queens, it's either a job or a hobby. And, like... An art form. An art form. Yeah, like they dress up, they take it off. And for trans women, it's our reality. It's our lifestyle. It's 
who we are. And I just, I hate that there is so much not enough education out there about what's a cross-dresser, what's a drag queen, what's a transvestite, what's a transsexual, what's a trans woman. Now we have, you know, all these other things. Mm -hmm. And I just think they're terms. And again, the terms freak me out. But I respect them because I understand that this is important for people. Do you think you're a drag queen? Is that are you saying you're not a drag queen? I am saying that I am no longer a drag queen. Please but you don't still refer do drag. to me that way. I, I actually... do drag. Like I truly think that whenever I dress up, like I feel like when I'm not yeah. in my like Gigi element, yes. like I'm doing drag. Like it's art yes. form. It's different. I'm having yes. fun. It's a performance. That's I wouldn't say I'm a drag queen because <laughs> I put on blue eyeshadow, sure. but I'm definitely in drag when I do so. Absolutely. I think the word is just traumatizing for me. And I have a lot of That's um, understandable. traumas behind drag, right? Because once I transitioned and then I did feel a little bit of a shift from promoters, from clubs. I felt like I wasn't getting booked as much, maybe. I mean, because they wanted Michael Benedetti's, the Benedetti group, who's like this big drag agency. Like, they literally dropped me shortly after I transitioned. Yeah. And like, I just, a lot of these clubs are ran by like white cis men who just honestly don't give a shit about trans women or know what our experience is no, like. Absolutely and not. I just wasn't there for that. And so I was sick and tired of getting up on that stage and people in my mind seeing me as a man who dressed up as a woman because I'm not. I'm cunt and fish and I'm a doll. I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. But you can't change. So what I've learned is you just can't change how people perceive you and what they think of you. I always like to say what other people think of you is none of my business. One of my favorite Same. quotes. <laughs> but when I was younger, I didn't know that. And so I think I was traumatized in a way by and suffocated by my own identity, my job, the way I made a living, and then my public persona. It's like, so if I don't do drag, this is where I'm at right now. So if I don't do drag, I don't get the views. I don't get the the coins. Mm-hmm. But am I going to do something for other people? Am I going to do something for myself and be conscious that, okay, this was my claim to fame and I'm becoming much more comfortable now with, again, at times, I guess, being seen as a drag performer, wanting to hop back in and do shows and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. it's just been a journey for me. I see. I don't personally look at you as a drag queen. I think it's understandable that other people do. And after hearing what you have to say, I think that's horrible. And I'm so sorry that people do that. Well, also not to mention that I did have a little bit of a, I would say, incident with Miss RuPaul herself on the show. What happened? She was just very oh my God, is this going to be like a Gigi Gorge exclusive? Because I've mean, been asked this so many times. And you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to write a novel one day and you guys could <laughs> oh like, my you God. still can, it out. but I like, mean, yes, tell us first. It to us. <laughs> so do you know, like when you like, okay, bad example, a motherly figure, right? Is someone who's warm and gives you this love and affection or recognition in some way, somehow. So Mother Rue, I think for us, especially trans women, like that's our mom, you know, like that was our motherly figure. Like Mm -hmm. we're the daughters. I don't know if the drag queens feel the same, but I certainly did. I felt like she understands trans women because she grew up around like Candace Kane and these people, but then maybe the show or in her mind for her business, which are very separate. were only 
seeing drag queens to be men who dressed up as whatever. But we had a moment in the workroom, and this was actually on the Snatch Game episode, where she... Who did you do again? Kimora? <sighs> Paul? Let's say that. Did, who no, did you do? I did um, Cardi B's nail tech, Oh Jenny my Bowie, God! And I made her seem like a full... <laughs> I like, remember this. Vietnamese slut. It was just really bad. <laughs> Sounds um, funny to me. It was funny, but I thought it was a good idea to confront Miss RuPaul. Oh, really? And ask her mm-hmm. why she's never had trans women on the show before. Wait, in the workroom or in on the workroom? Get- okay, in the workroom. Work. Doll. Oh, work. and I my told. God. I remember. <laughs> Are you gagging? Yes. And I'm I am fucking gagging. And I told Miss. I told, like, I remember telling, like, Trinity and Latrice. I'm like, I'm going to do it. A premeditated I'm attack. I'm going to do it. And they're like, well, gee, are you sure? And I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, I'm out loud and proud and trans, bitch. Like, we need to know. And I just thought me being the first trans woman openly on the show that this needs to be addressed, right? This should be talked about. Mm-hmm. Well, you stepped out of line. I'm sure they did not like that. And I said... Well, Miss RuPaul, you know, as she's talking to me in the walk around, why is it that we've never seen trans women on the show before? And why me? <laughs> Valid question. Mama, she looked at me like eyes like uh, what what's a deer in the headlights. Like, how dare you? No, just deer in the headlights. Like, I don't even know what to say. So I'm just going to say the first thing that rolls off my tongue, which she could have been genuine. But she goes, we've always had trans women on this show. Oh, wow. And then what did you say? Yeah, but not like fully embodying themselves authentically. <laughs> well, gee, I'm just not so sure what you're asking me. But um, you're here because you're charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent. Oh, my God. Smiling like oh as God. much as her Botox will allow her to. And I'm like, <laughs> you're fucking kidding me, dude. Like, I didn't say that to her. But I'm of like, course. oh, OK. I kid you not. Crickets. At that point, I was crushed. I was, I was dismissed. Mm-hmm. And what did the other girls who said, who you said you were going to ask her say after that? Like, did you make eyes with them? Were they like, Nothing, told you? Because do you think they really cared? No, they're there to win a crown and be a drag yeah, queen and get their right. $100,000. They're not worried about why trans women haven't been on the show. But I was. Right. Because this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. God, God. Wait, I can't believe I'm telling you this. I hope we don't get sued, but like, whatever. Oh my God. We have to tread lightly here on the things we say about the show, but I was never, ever under any impression that RuPaul's Drag Race was actively looking for America's next best drag queen. Yes. You you just see it as a reality show is what you're saying? Yes, but not in a bad thing. Like, I also see RuPaul's Drag Race as... RuPaul's legacy to the world. And I'm just giving um, a devil's advocate here, but I do kind of understand why there was no trans people on RuPaul's Drag Race. Because Oh, and so do I. You know, in my head, RuPaul's making the show for straight people. This is for straight people. Mm, to educate straight people. Yeah, Mark, yeah. you've always said that. Yeah. I have, but I think five years ago was too early to have trans people. It would have been too confusing. On... So some yes. have breasts and some don't and some have beards right. and some have to shave. But it's, all, it's all men dressing as women. It's but, like people yeah, wouldn't but, be able to. But this is my thing. You can have whatever you want in life as long as you're honest. So had RuPaul's Drag Race just been honest with people season one and said, 
this is a trans. You're going to tell me that people are that fucking dumb that they don't understand education. Mary? Yes. <laughs> I'm, yes. Gonna, I'm telling you. I, yes. I'm sorry. I definitely think so because they're all going to be fish on the runway or giving <laughs> right, not right. man. So no, it's like, I understand. People just don't get it. I just wish and want it to be what it's not. Exactly. So of course. Right. And that's okay. And, Honey, that's why we got to create our own lanes. Exactly. But at the same time, you were one of the first for me, if not the first that mm-hmm. I saw on the show with boobs, female presenting of, that you were like, oh, that's like trans of my experience. Exactly. That's a girl. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So now it's happening because of no. people like you. Well, is it? Because baby stuff. We're only I mean, seeing Kylie's it on, on all stars. Got Mick All on. stars. Love got Mick, but still white male presenting. Mm-hmm. it's not quite there for me. You know what I mean? When do you think we'll see that? When do you think we'll we see? Yeah, Gio, what's your prediction? When do you see the show? Because I don't see it stopping anytime soon, right? When do you think that these changes that you want and changes that the show needs will happen? Until women like us create our own thing. Oh, got it. Okay. Because yep, I totally agree. It's too much responsibility to take on. And I also think RuPaul is a prideful person. I think to this point, she gives close to zero fucks. And that's just my own opinion. I think she's happy. She's worked She's worked very hard for what she has. As a black gay male, can't imagine what she's been through because mm-hmm. of my experience. I am not black and I am, you know, not of that experience. So it's not to compare. We also don't compare where we don't compete. But I just don't think it is of their, I wouldn't say interest. I just know that I was put on to clean things up. That's how I felt. I felt like I was a maid being brought in. (laughs) Oh my God, that's crazy. I wasn't being brought to give sickening, fabulous drag. I was brought in so that RuPaul's Drag Race could say, okay, everyone, shut the fuck up already and love us again. We have a trans person on. I'm glad you know that. Long story short, I feel a little used by the brand, but it's 50-50 because I signed up, right? Mm -hmm. Also, but I do wish that more of my story could have been shared. I wish more of the moments of me talking about my transition were shared and things that were really important to me. I'm surprised they didn't do that. Of cause... course they didn't because they wanted Gia Gunn. Mm. The shady, witty, quick character who was going to be bullying Farah, And people just don't know. You know mm. what I mean? They oh, just have... I loved it when you came up to Farah when she was in that mirror. I was like, reality TV, finally someone is giving me TV. And that's that's so funny. But like, even that situation was created because of another trans sister. Like, and us not being able to come together. Another trans sister. Yeah, like, the beef that me and Farah had was related with another trans girl getting in between our relationship and like, fucking it up. And like... I didn't know that. Yeah, and... I, yeah, I don't really spill a lot of tea because I just, again, I was, I think, traumatized by my experience on All Stars. Mm-hmm. It was just, I think everybody is. It a can lot be traumatizing. Yeah, definitely. And it took me literally two years, I think, to get over. Wow. And to like really do the work mm-hmm. and realize what things are and what I did and what RuPaul's Drag Race even really is and who I am. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm much more clearer now than I was before. And so now I'm more open to speak because before I was literally suffocated by, Mm -hmm. if I say this, I may not have a job. Mm -hmm. I may not get hired, you know, at these gay clubs. So 
I held out for a long time, but now, bitch, I'm on my way up just like Miss RuPaul and giving also close to zero fucks because life is too short. Exactly. Spoken like Gia Gunn. <laughs> Honestly, I truly think RuPaul would be proud of you for saying that because. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Gia. I can't believe you spilled so much tea. I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is going to be trimmed down to like five minutes. <laughs> never. No, 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 never. I'm excited that you shared all that. Will you stay with us to answer some queries from our listeners? Yes. I love this. We get to hear from the dolls. We'll oh. be right back. All right. We are back with Miss Gia Gunn. That was a very juicy episode. <laughs> But I thought she could answer some queries with us. And of course, you guys can call our hotline at 1-844-QUERIES, which is Q-U-E-E-R-Y-S. Ask us absolutely anything. And we've been loving what you're saying so far. So keep them coming. Here's our first question. Oh, hi, Gigi and Mimi. My name is Shauna from Niagara, um, Ontario. And I just listened to your latest episode. And I think you have something really special on your hands. So continued success for that. Okay, I have a couple questions. One's kind of a little bit more deep and one is a little bit fun. So I'll start with the more serious one. What do you think is the biggest misconception of the LGBTQIA plus community? And maybe also the biggest misconception about yourselves individually that maybe people would be surprised to know that isn't true or is true about you. And... Secondly, if you were to have a billboard right now, right this second, and you could only choose between the very first picture in your camera roll or the very last picture you took in your camera roll, which one would you want it blasted for all to see? That's your only options, first and last. Thanks for listening to my message. And like I said, continued success. Can't wait for the next episode. Thank you, Shauna. Those are great questions. And I'm just giggling to myself because you said LGBTQIA plus communities so perfectly. I can never. But um, you just are you did. ready to answer? <laughs> I know. I was practicing. But uh, okay, the first question was, what do you think is the biggest misconception of the community and also of yourself? Who wants to go first? I think the biggest misconception, kind of just to piggyback on what we were already talking about this episode, is you would assume since we're all part of one community, we are all very supportive of one another. And each letter, say the transgender community, we're all so supportive of each other. The G, the gays, we're all so supportive of each other. It's not like that at all. And I think that there's a no. lot of work to be done. And although we do have these fabulous get togethers and, we, you know, in my city, we have WeHo where there's a bunch of bars where we all hang out, whatever. There's still so much work to be done. And I think that that's really disappointing. And I'd say the biggest misconception about myself personally is that I'm really high maintenance. Yep. <laughs> I'm really not that high maintenance. I just enjoy looking that way, I guess. Yeah. I could just have no shoes. Mark, remember that time in Toronto? I was like, I my shoes hurt, take them off. So I walked home barefoot. Like, I don't care. You're the doll. Yeah, the doll. Yeah. As long as I'm giving face. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. People always ask me the craziest questions about you. Like, they're like, oh my God, what is Gigi like? Does she always wear makeup? And I'm like... Does anybody always wear a makeup? I don't I don't get these questions where like, what does Gigi even do? I'm like, are you 
she works I don't know she works like every day the doll is just the doll period there's a lot of misconceptions about you Gigi and we'll need more than one episode to go over them but okay well good thing we have a ton more coming (laughs) thank you Mark (laughs) Um, before Gia goes I'll go I think the biggest misconception in the community is exactly that that it's like rainbow and like happiness and that we're all together like we didn't even talk about this today but the racism in the community is so real all of that. We don't have to go into it. I think the biggest misconception about me is that I'm super opinionated. I don't give my opinions unless I'm asked or unless I have a platform like a podcast. But period. That's all. That's all. What about you, Gia? I feel like the biggest misconception with the community is that I'm just going to say LGBT because I feel like the QA plus is like a newer thing. But I feel like the biggest misconception is that LGBT all mean the same thing when actually they don't. Lesbian, gay, and bi is a sexual orientation. Being transgender is an identity. And I feel like as a whole, this has been what has fucked the trans community Mm. and has really caused a lot of issues because people associate being trans with homosexuality, with bi-ness, with being a lesbian. And it's completely different. And I just kind of wish that people understood that. I'm not saying that we weren't, I don't wish that we were not part of the community um, because trans women always have been. But I think there's a big misconception that trans also means gay, lesbian, and bi. And Mm. to my knowledge and in my opinion, it does not. And I would say the biggest misconception of me is that I'm a bitch. Can be. I mean, <laughs> I just think I'm honest yeah. and genuine. And I just I don't have that. time for and the fakeness. Un- unlike Mark, you give your opinion when it's not asked. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. And that's yeah. That. literally so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just to say, just to add to what you said, I think a lot of misconception is that people are one dimensional. Like nobody is a bitch. We're all bitches. Like we all have bitchy sides. Nobody is, you know, annoying. We're all annoying sometimes. But anyways, next question was if you could choose between the first photo or the last photo on your phone, what would you want to be a billboard? I would say the last photo because who knows what's up there. The last photo is a fierce photo of G and I we just took and we need to be on a billboard. (laughs) Found on somebody's Instagram. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mine is the last for sure. It's it'll be a video billboard because it's a video and it's a video of Naked Gigi and Naked Got Mick. (laughs) Not naked. naked. No, fully, completely naked. Got Mick on the ground. Gigi, like, smashing the lights above her. So definitely that, for sure. Obsessed with that. I'm going to choose, because I think the last picture might be like a dick pic or something so i'm gonna go with the first one which is also probably a dick pic (laughs) are you ready it's literally me as like a five-year-old with my mom's bra and with grapefruits and a banana sticking out of my Uh, like underwear i've seen that photo yeah i think that's like up there and that's the one that i live for because i feel like that really gives it to people how it needs to Uh be given and then in quotes the doll From a young age. From a young age. OG doll. So that people understand, like, this is not something that we're trying to be. This mm-hmm. is just something that we are and that has ta- it takes time to figure out. But I just hate people that are like, oh, trans women are trying to be women. You know, it's like, girl, no one's trying to be anything. Not us. Exactly. 
Okay, our second question. Thank you, Shauna. Hi, Gigi. Hi, Mimi. This is Lou from Canada. I want to start off by saying that I love your guys' podcast and I really enjoyed listening. My question is, how do you tell someone your trends, especially someone that you that is new in your life or that you want to have a romantic relationship with? I also wanted to know if you guys would ever consider having a guest on that isn't a celebrity, just so we can find a different perspective on being trans or being LGBTQ. Stay gorgeous. Love you guys. Love you too. Stay gorgeous. <laughs> Thank I'm you, so Lou. happy you asked that because we've pre-recorded a bunch of episodes and what you asked about the celebrity factor is coming soon. We are listening. Also, um, hey, if you have any suggestions on who you think should be on our podcast, yes. if it's your sister, your neighbor, your mechanic, and they're trans, let us know. Call us, please. So her question was, how do you tell someone you're trans when you want to be Dating them, intimate with them. I've had a lot of experience with this, and I can assume that you have as well. I think it's all about, obviously, honesty, like surveying your surroundings and just wording it cute, being like, so I was born very different. Have you ever heard of, you know, trans people, um, you know, gauge their interest, maybe put on a movie, a YouTube video of mine and be like, what do you think of her? She's trans. Wait, I've actually done that with your documentary. Really? I think I actually might have shown my family, like, okay, you don't fucking get it. Watch this. I love that. Period. Yeah. Love that. Wow. So many people have told me that, but I couldn't imagine you doing that. Yes. Yes. Before Gia answers this question, follow-up question to Gigi. When do you think you should tell somebody? When is it time? Is it right at the beginning? Is it it's none of your business until it gets serious? Is it what is it? I okay, so I went flippy floppy on this when I was single, randomly hooking up. I would always say before we were intimate, if you're at a club or something and you end up making out, whatever. Yes. yes. That's on both of you, but also right. it's still kind of fine, you know? Yeah. As long as you're just being safe. I think before you get alone with the person, you should absolutely disclose. Mm-hmm. Not to say I've always done that, but mm-hmm. I've made mistakes. Oh. And I can own that, you know, just as long as you like tell someone that you're meeting this person. Right. Yeah. Right. And just be safe because, I mean, you're just going to end up regretting it so hardcore after if something does go wrong, you know, and that's ultimately how people are killed and really hurt. So you just got to play safe and just don't be stupid. Yeah. Thank you. I always say like be aware of like your transness and like when and where like you know what I mean like being a trans woman at night on Hollywood Boulevard is different than a cis woman being on you know what I mean totally know your know who you are and understand your experience I think for me it's about telling I I've always believed in honesty even though I did grow up around and still have friends who like live stealth lifestyles like these girls would even like fuck these guys and they were pre-ops and these guys would leave thinking they had pussies. I don't know how they did it. I mm-hmm. call it trans magic, mm-hmm. but like they would do that. I'm like, that is so risky, sickening, but I'm also like, that's scary, so dangerous. Right. It's a cool story, but it's, I, it could have gone south so fast. Yes. Is it a cool story though? Like that is a self-hating story. That is not for a like cool a story. movie or a book. I think it depends on how fierce your dysphoria is. I think mm-hmm. for some women, they have to do that to feel valid in their experience. Where other women, I assume, like you and I, who have come of privilege and blessings from the community, 
we've always had cushion around us Mm -hmm. that have given us that love. And it was okay to be trans, but in some places it's not. And so I always say disclose before the sex. Because mm-hmm. once you do the sex, mama, it's over. It's a They're wrap. fine with the touching, the kissing, the holding hands, the selfies, but baby. The selfies. <laughs> don't you let Tell me him get down there. The selfie. And expect things that are not, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just think it's about safety. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your answers. Wait, what about you, Mark? Well, how do you disclose that your non-binaryness to people when maybe they perceive you as, you know, a man or a woman and that's not comfortable for you? It's never not comfortable for me because like that's my identity to me is that I don't care. Like whatever you think it is, I don't care. So you could be in a relationship with a man who sees you as a man and you don't care. Absolutely not. Okay. I've also been in a relationship for over 10 years And I don't think my partner looks at me as a man or a woman. Like, they just look at me as myself. No, I'm speaking more like when you were dating or like before you were married. Like, how would you, how does one, how does a non-binary person disclose? That's a good question. I've never really had to disclose. I think people have always, you must have had this growing up as a young, feminine, Asian person, maybe with long hair, I'm guessing you had. People assume you're a woman a lot of the times. Or Actually, no. I was always really? male pronouns. Really? Always. Really? Did you have short hair? Babe, no. I had hair down to my ass. Real. 40 inches down to the butt. Really? Sir. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, she's looking at me with like I'm a just straight saying. <laughs> no, yes. so I wish I could relate, I'm Mark, so sorry. but I just I'm can't. I'm so sorry. So, yes, keep going. Yes. But, you know, I've dated guys who looked at me as a woman. I've also dated guys who've looked at me as a man. So, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm dying right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 G is a comedian. No, but can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, fully beat. And that. I'm like, give it. Well, not fully. I'm beat. just kidding. Maybe a little bit of stubble. But no, I was in my androgynous stage. Bitch, I had real long black hair, and I just never. I didn't feel that. I'm so sorry. I mean, it happened probably towards the end, like as I was getting towards a transition. Mm-hmm. But I didn't care. Society to told me us. I was the gay man mm-hmm. and I was fine with that. So I'm like, okay, yeah, sir. Like I knew I didn't look like my girlfriend's, the dolls. The dolls. So I was a sir and that was okay. That never bothered me. It does now. Okay. If Obby. like I call to rent a U-Haul and they're like, well, hold on, sir. Oh my God. And then you're at a restaurant Wait, I and you don't want to just be like, actually, my pronouns are she, her. And let me tell you, <laughs> when I was, when I was first starting to transition, I had this friend in New York who was like my mentor, my rock. We were in an Uber from the club to the after party. And I was like, excuse me, sir, can you please turn up the music? And he goes, sure, sir. <gasps> and it was dark out and I was all the way in the back and my friends went, ooh. Oh my god! And I was like, I never want to feel that again. It was such a guy. It's just because you never know. I feel like, honestly, for people, I feel like if a trans woman's clock, I feel like it's not always the way you look. It's the voice. I know mm-hmm. for me, that's what gets me, quote unquote, clocked. And it's like, well can we be upset at these people because they can't see you. Right. Right? They right. don't know that you're like this fucking doll. Doll of all dolls. Yeah, on the other <laughs> end. And like, how dare you? I've spent my whole life trying to be this. And how dare you? They're just trying to be polite. Mm-hmm. But it is so embarrassing, right? It's like so humiliating. I, that was like the biggest time. Sometimes. And then I was like, okay, these are not my friends because they're like, ooh. Like not correcting, nothing. They just, ooh. I was like, 
I just have to ask, and this may be too personal, but did you get voice surgery? Mm -mm. Because your voice really did get higher. I look back on videos and it was so deep. How did that happen? Because I feel like I sound completely the same. Really? I do. I think there was also a performance back then where you would deepen your voice. Really? Is she clocky the doll? I know. Wait, <laughs> I never thought that I did that. Really? Okay. Okay. I think That's it what just I always wasn't, thought. It wasn't in my like realm of knowledge, the voice. You well, know what I mean? Was there a point in your transition when you were more like yes. living as a gay man? Yes. And you pushed the masculinity because, you know, it was hard to get gay guys to get attracted to you when you're a feminine gay boy. I know I did. So I would try to be extra like trade and like masculine. Maybe even that's though that's why not I who I was. I feel like the moment that everything switched was when I was like, I'm going to get boobs. Yeah. I'm just going to get the boobs. And then just everything kind of like. You know, your voice heightened. Not yeah. like it does your, a little your bit emotional naturally. feelings. Like, yeah, you just, it's like yes, yeah. which does nothing for the voice. By the does way, it not? I heard that it does nothing. But like, I'll look back at videos and I'm like, you oh are my breaking God. young trans people's hearts right now. They're like, well, the testosterone <laughs> does. But I think I heard the estrogen doesn't. Well, and guess what? Women have deep voices too. Get exactly. Into and I exactly. feel like you got to own your voice. Like it's not always like yes. I hear girls that sound so cringy to me because I'm like, yeah. I can yeah. hear them doing the whine and the, and the oh, it's girl. really not that yeah. it's almost not even fishy Spookier. to me anymore. I know yes. I'm like it. I wish you would just speak like you would speak. Like, tell me what you Thank actually you. want. Not whispering yes. and. I'm like, I feel your body squirming like a snake through the phone. Like, I just want to hear you speak and ask me to lunch. <laughs> and I actually oh feel gosh. like sometimes I'm actually stopped in public. Like, oh my God, are you Gia got because of my voice? Oh, I get that all and the time. And I'm like this old, like raspy, like I got that voice. in Rome. This girl was like, I was, my, had my back turned and she's like, I recognized your voice. And I was just talking to the person and across from nice, me. And that's nice, right? And oh, I love wording. it. And that's like, because one, yes. so my biggest insecurity. Iconic voice. Yes. My biggest insecurities are my voice and my Adam's apple because I still haven't shaved it. And I'm conflicted some days. Okay. Because sometimes it's positive. And people are like, oh, Gia, what if I don't, what if I don't transmit that same authenticity? You will. Are you kidding? Or I, would, I don't know. I'm just I, trying Gia to embrace your voice. I love your voice. voice. I yeah, love but your I'm voice. just trying to embrace myself as is. Yes. Exactly. I would say that, that would, that's going to make you the most happy. I also feel like your voice is totally feminine and totally iconic. And thank you. But also, you're not going to lose Gia Gunn by changing your voice. Are you kidding me? Exactly. Like, but I feel that's like not it. Money. No. That is literally you your anxiety. You also have the same quick tongue. Yeah. And it's a version of your voice, right? If you do this oh, voice surgery, like this, which you might, I know, I know a couple girls like that. I went to they Cuba. can't project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. Our third question. Let's move on. <laughs> Hi. Um, I was just wondering if you guys had ever faced any doubts or any, you know, second thinking about your guys' gender and how you guys overcame that. Um, I'm kind of going through that right now, and I'm just, you know, looking for advice. And, yeah, I love you guys both so much. I listen to the podcast all the time, and I hope you guys have a great day. And I would love for this to remain remain anonymous. Thank you. Oh, my God, I am dying. This little angel voice, like... Such a sweetheart. So I'll just say, literally every single time I've come out, and I've come out several times, mm-hmm. it's 
always been called a phase, whether it's from my parents, my dad, my brother, my friends, someone I'm dating, the internet, strangers, my supporters, whatever. The only thing that will cure that is time. If you say, hey, I'm trans, hey, I'm pan, hey, I'm gay, the only thing that will make people be like, you know what, they are, is when you are still saying it two, three, four years later, they're like, okay, you've conditioned them to believe it. And that's what's always worked for me. And also just being honest, you know? I just want to say, first of all, breathe. Uh, No shade, but really breathe through all of this. I also want to say that, you know, everybody goes through their own journey of finding themselves. And that's trans people, gay people, lesbian people, even straight people have to go on that journey of finding out who they really are. So all this confusion you're feeling is normal. I also want to say hang in there because you will make it through and you are going to look back on this and you are going to love yourself so much for being so strong after everything you've been through. So just keep at it and just look into yourself. Just feel yourself and be in this moment right now. That's my advice. Gia, what do you think? First of all, I just think it's so like honorable for somebody even to say this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, it's confusing. But I think life is a journey. And I think in this journey, we do have phases. And that is okay. And I think it's about discovering. It's about doing the work to figure it out. I think for some people, it could be a phase. And for some people, it's actually who they are. And whichever way you go is completely fine. And I think we all just need to kind of let up a little bit as well on that and stop trying to pinpoint is it a male is it a female are they gay are they straight you know it's like let people be who they are and let's get to know people for them i love that thank you so much gia for coming on to queerify this has been so fun i've had such an amazing time in it I've been waiting to come on the pod for a while. Yeah. So I'm so glad that my time has finally come. And um, it just feels so good to be able to talk about this stuff because I think actually this is what our community needs the most. (gasps) Well, love you so much. Goes without saying, we loved what you shared, everything. You were so real. And I can't wait for people to hear this. I know it's going to help a lot of people. I know it's going to shock a lot of people. So where can people find you and what are you working on? So you can find me on Instagram at Gia underscore gun, as well as YouTube Gia gun entertainment and TikTok, which I'm kind of like trying to push, which is Gia underscore gun three. What I'm working on, I'm actually moments away from opening up the gun studio downtown LA. It's going to be a safe space for content creators to come and create their content. So please look out for that on all social media platforms. It's going to be available on purespace.com. And I'm just super excited for this next, you know, I guess, phase in my journey or Mm -hmm. this next uh, business venture. It's my first, you know, project where I've actually invested a little bit of my own money and have really like worked towards something other than like a photo shoot or something just for me. So please look out for that. And I welcome all community members and all walks of life to come and create whatever it is that you would like at the gun studio. 
Oh my Congratulations. God. I'm obsessed with that. If there's an opening, whatever you need for me, I'm here. I Launch want support. party. You're on the list. Uh-huh. Obsessed, obsessed. You and your husband. We're going to record our Absolutely. podcast. Yes, we can record yeah. there. I would love that. We should have a gun ex-queerified. Yes. Well, I too long to have my own podcast coming soon. Oh, so it's so fun. You need do, to. Yes. I just need to take one project at a time. Of you know course. what I mean? I totally understand, but also yes. don't. I love packing yeah, my plate. I know. I, well, you know what I've learned is you just got to do it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You can't No one's going to do it but you. No one's going to do it but you. There's no right time. And this is for all of the listeners, too. It's like, babe, just get out there. Do it. If you want to create that beauty line, if you want to create that clothing line, if you want to get into influencing, just do it. Don't look back because no one's going to do it for you. I love that. Well, thank you again for coming. We're obsessed with you and we will see you later. The dolls are the dolls. Thanks to our guest, Gia Gunn, and thank you so much for listening. You can follow Gigi on Instagram at Gigi Gorgeous and me at Mark Maverick. As always, Queerified is a presentation of Ramble, a Cadence 13 studio. Please listen, rate, we love your ratings, review and follow all episodes. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Mwah. 